What's up? I Escape here bringing you AOK Radio, sounding on for another special dose of escapism in the pop culture. So let's escape together. All right, so this is part two of the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness discussion. I had a lot to talk about. I thought I could fit it all in one episode, and the more I just talked about everything, the more I realized, yeah, this is not working. I got to break this off into two parts. And yeah, I just went really into it. I, I, I that was kind of a I, I think that was kind of a messy episode, honestly, but I feel like it's still fun. It was still fun just to get all those thoughts out and just to really expand on everything that I have so far digested from this movie, because there, there's so much to talk about. And of course, if you haven't uh, gotten a chance to check it out yet, uh, Brandon and I did a wisdom discussion uh, the other day on there just talking about more stuff involving that and the future leading up to like Miss Marvel um, and a few other projects like what basically phase four is leading into. So it was about a two hour discussion, really fun stuff. Um, you know, as always, when we get together, we go in on those discussions. So it was really fun. Uh, so definitely check that out. I'm not sure if he's going to upload it on his uh, podcast, uh, The Life of an Average Joe, but if not, it's on Wisdom. Uh, so going in there into this part two discussion, I got to bring up some things. I goofed last episode. Um, I know I probably goofed more than this, but this is one thing I wanted to bring uh, bring up in general. Now, I'm always probably going to say something off <laughs> in these episodes. Um, one of them was at some point in the last episode, I said Nathaniel Richards as Reed Richards' son when I actually meant to say Franklin Richards. Nathaniel is Reed's dad, so my bad on that. So there, there's a few interesting things to discuss in this episode. On top of actually tackling the Easter eggs that set things up for the future or just for fun in general, to see for will, world building, uh, nods to in real life, etc., etc. Um, so one fun touch of foreshadowing of how arrogant the Illuminati are, at least something I kind of picked up on, is when Stephen is first introduced to them and they're on an elevated uh, flooring, enough for them to be looking down as if they are better than whoever they are talking to. Now, this might just be a reach, honestly, because... Even though they are arrogant, from what we were seeing, they still seem to be very fairly good people. They they just you know realize they're powerful, and you know it's understandable to have a chip out on your shoulder, especially after taking out someone like Thanos. So, even though it took quite a lot, especially on Steve on eight three eight Stevens' hand to you know have to use the dark hold, which is very fun to think of, like. All these different scenarios, because what's interesting is when you go back to Infinity War, when our Stephen Strange was going through all the different timelines, it wasn't the multiverse. It was just because, you know, the multiverse wasn't around at that time. The timelines he was going through were just alternate possibilities, you know, more so probabilities of what could happen, say, just chances like uh, the whole butterfly effect, like, say, if if it was to just repeat, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, an algorithm type deal. So that's essentially what that was um, back then. And I know I just wanted to talk about that because I, I, I don't know if anyone has really brought that up recently. But I know some people were kind of questioning that back then 
when uh, Loki was happening and the multiversal rules and establishment was actually happening. So, yeah, it's just interesting looking back on that sort of stuff. But, um, like I said, this might just be a reach. I mean, it could easily just be due to simply just nice presentation, uh, simply signifying, signifying what? Signifying how important these figures are as opposed to, as opposed to feeling or being better, quote unquote. Uh, the high ground does tend to offer some good advantages too. So there's a lot of different things to take into consideration here, but it might just be because it was good presentation. It's an elevated platform just to signify um, just the importance of the characters. So it might not just be because of how arrogant and how like better they may feel than people will. Although, like I said, it is a possibility, but I think that is kind of foreshadowing like how they feel. And then when you hear them talk, it's just like, wow, y'all really think this other Steven is worse than what he's like warning y'all about. Like you, you guys, it, it's, it's great that at least Xavier gave him the chance. Like it's, it, I really appreciated that Z Xavier really took the chance on this Steven and the idea of him. I, I love how he did quote the, uh, the line he said from the other, it was it was it was a days of futures past quote and actually I gotta bring up my notes real quick I have some uh, cliff notes I need to bring up here all right so I grab my notes and this is a few things that I kind of took notice from watching the rest of new of the new rock stars video if I remember correctly I did touch upon this um, also in the previous episode but not fully but here are some new thoughts I came from uh, doing that so the quote that he actually had was just because someone stumbles and loses their way doesn't mean they're lost forever a call back to days of futures past when he says this to his younger self so i love that he looks at steven this way and i mean for all we know this could even be something for wanda not necessarily this particular version of wanda but one who's free from the dark hold because it's clear that um, even though the dark hold has been destroyed, there is a likelihood that there is a, there's going to be a remnant of it still around, whether it's in Wanda, because it's a possibility she could come back because she has come back multiple times due to the sheer magnitude of her power in the comics. And since she gets powerful every single time, it's like, bruh. So, and plus, I said this before, too, like she literally did sign a deal for like a couple more years into Marvel, like shortly before this movie came out. So we clearly have not seen the last of her. But to what degree, like what versions of, we, of her will we see next? Who knows? But I earlier, I did kind of think we saw the last of this version of Wanda, but you never know. The Dude, she's literally the strongest Avenger right now and I mean she's not really Avenger right anymore she kind of renounced that the moment she did use the dark hole and started you know killing everybody but you know what I mean um I thought that was very funny it, it, it could signify a potential redemption for Wanda to some degree um in the future even though um I don't know what they would have to do to redeem her whether it's a completely different Wanda from another multiverse which could be a thing or what have you. Another fun thought is, so with Sinister Strange's world, 
It's possible that may have been the world, the incursion world, that the Illuminati strange doomed. I just think it's interesting because you see his world suffering from the incursion, and we see that A38's strange, the Illuminati strange, caused an incursion himself. I mean, why not connect it to it? It makes a lot of sense. Like, the... Uh, what's it called? The uh, overall just coincidence. It doesn't seem like it's just a coincidence there. It feels like it's established there for a reason. And it's just so, it's really great uh, character development for Strange, seeing how far he can fall and try his best to avoid these type of situations. And seeing all these hectic things that happen to him when he uses the Darkhold from um, having... Oh, shoot. Having Black Bolt vaporize him with his sound waves for using the Darkhold and, you know, being not really to be doing uh, doing too good. And then seeing Sinister Strange, seeing how it affects Wanda. It's like, wow. And it's still like imagine the pain and this in the fear he must have felt having to succumb to the Darkhold to defeat Wanda. And of course, hearing it from Christine again as well, like a three, it's Christine. So it's a lot of interesting things to think of that's going through his head and what he may be dealing with in Doctor Strange 3 on top of other moments when we see him in the future. So another funny thing I got from Rockstars, because I don't want to take everything they said. That's just, that's not cool. <laughs> I just wanted to take some um, key points, some really fun things I wanted to bring up in this podcast. This is the last part here, this last little um like sentence. And then after that, I have a nice thought about A38 Wanda because the A38 universe has very much piqued my interest. And then we'll go into the Screen Rant article. And yeah, it won't, it won't be as long as I thought last time where I thought, hey, yeah, 30 minutes into the first episode, we'll get to that article an hour later. Ooh. <laughs> okay, so I forgot in Spider-Man Far From Home, Mysterio says his universe was designated as, oh, excuse me, um, that this universe, our universe, you know, our main MCU timeline, he said that this one was designated as 616. I totally forgot about that. And that he was from universe 833. Pretty interesting that that was, even though that was a lie, we see... With the um, A38 universe, you know, they're A38, very close to A33, but then A38 also designated our universe as 616. It's very fun to think about, like, the similarities, and it makes me think, what does universe 838, or excuse me, what does universe 833 look like? And, I don't know, I really kind of wish we did have a multiverse established back then, but... It wouldn't have made sense because Loki didn't happen yet, so they would have had to retcon a few things there. But it, it is really fun, and it's like, it, it makes you think, is that really just a coincidence that he just ha- so happens to say 833 so close to 838 being like a main deal in Doctor Strange 2? I don't know. It's probably just a fun little, hey, remember that? But it's all good. All right. So, I feel bad for Wanda A38. And I probably end up just going to saying Wanda and Scarlet Witch because it's not really Wanda anymore in 616. It's Scarlet Witch at this point. Um, but 
either way, you'll, you'll, I'll pretty much establish, you'll know which ones I'm talking about. So, I, yeah, I feel bad for her. She's, she's being used to brutally murder so many people. She was puppeteered into doing that. And, you know, it's, it's a hundred percent, uh, Scarlet Witch, but part of me wonders if she could see any of these things. I mean, based on the representation of that Wanda being buried under rubble while, uh, Scarlet Witch wreaks havoc to me symbolizes her just being pushed deep into her own subconscious, knowing something is off, that someone else is in the pilot seat, you know? Uh, but this makes me, it, it makes sense, actually, because it makes sense as to why Xavier explains to her what is going on when he's trying to pull her out of that rubble before, you know, the the giant um, red, I don't know what that is, red mist? And then Scarlet comes out and whoop, just gives uh, Xavier the last the last neck massage he'll ever have. Oof, you heard, I felt that snap. Oh man, so it's interesting. Um, I know some people thought of this being one of those show don't tell bad examples, but I mean, for all we know, Wanda really didn't know what was going on, and it makes me. I think it makes perfect sense why he's explaining this to her. And gee, I don't know, maybe one of the most powerful telepaths would know that while in her own mind. Hmm, <laughs> but it's all good. Whatever, at the end of the day, people are still going to nitpick. I mean, I had to get this out of my system. It, it, to me, it makes sense because of that. I mean, she when she's reaching for help, you know, she says help. She's clearly under all this rubble. There's no telling what she was all really realizing. And then you see all the crap her body was put through. All that water crashed onto her running on all that glass. It gave me flashbacks to uh, Harrow and Moon Knight. At least with Harrow, he was doing it to, you know, kind of have some redemption for his ju judgment later on in the, in the series. But with Scarlet, she, she did not care. She's like, it's not my body. I'm on a mission. I got tunnel vision right now, and it's on America. Like, oh, sheesh. And she was barefoot, man. I mean, come on. That's horrible. She really does not give two licks of a variant of herself. It's, it, it's just crazy to think about that. Like, she, that's basically your twin. Like, that's a sister, you know? I mean, that's how I, that's how I would consider it. You know, if there was a multiverse and there are other me's, I'm like, dude, that's a, that's my brother right there. That's me. If if you get what I mean, it's a, it's a twin. So as long as they're good, then, then I'm like, they're my brother. If they're bad, nah, I disown you. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting. Um, and when you think about this, especially with the Illuminati, don't even get me started on the Ultron Sentry bots and then the other other scientists who probably didn't. Because I'm fairly certain most people did not escape that building when Wanda broke out. There's no there's no way the way Wanda was. She wouldn't let anyone escape. It's just, bruh, like I said, on a mission. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the Illuminati. She killed people. She killed these people who have family, friends, etc. The Richards, for instance, Reed Richards has a wife and kids, and he has the Fantastic Four. He has, um, you know, Miss Fantastic, Mrs. Fantastic's brother, who is uh, Johnny Storm, and then of course his close friend, the Thing, 
who I can't remember his actual name right now. What in the world? Every time I hit record, I swear names just fly out of my head and just disappear. Also, I'm actually going to be brushing up on a lot of the Fantastic Four comics soon on Comixology. I'm very excited. They have a lot of the original stuff on there, so I'm super pumped. Um, But yeah, I might do some episodes on that too in the future. Maybe some TikTok stuff too, but I'm very pumped. And plus, Fantastic Four is probably coming out, I want to say 2024. So we got like a year and some change, depending on when in 2024, if it comes out in 2024, unless it gets pushed back. Uh, when it comes out, but I'm super pumped. Hopefully, hopefully we get John Krasinski and maybe even his wife as Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic Dreamcasting right there. That might be why the original director stepped down so he can come in. It's it's all rumor. It's looking that way, though. My money is on that theory. I really hope so. Please let that be the case. Do not let this be a one-time thing. That that's that's a lost opportunity right there. It's bad enough we didn't get Kang in this movie. Not carrying over Reed Richards as a start, or John Krasinski as a start compared to the other actors. Like they bring them over too. For all I care, they are all they were all great. But anyway, um, all these people have family and friends. It is it's highly highly possible they would go to Wanda to punish her because or excuse me they would yeah yeah. To Wanda, to Wanda to punish her because even though she was a victim technically in this circumstance, situation rather, yeah, same thing, it would make sense for them to try to prevent something like this from happening again. You know, at one time is often more than enough, especially when lives have been lost, have been taken in cold blood. So, I mean, dude. Wanda wasn't even at full power there because it wasn't the Scarlet Witch's body. And she did that. If Reed's kids are even old enough, as in another example, imagine how Franklin would react with the powers he has. You cannot tell me he would not like try to sneak out. He would have to be put on watch. Like uh, knowing his father was killed just willy nilly. I'm dude. A kid with that power, he would have to be put on on watch himself. Like, just him alone. Don't even get me started on how the rest of the Fantastic Four would react to this. Like, dude. Um, and and because I'm thinking about like the security cameras, the fact that you know Mordo, 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 the fact that Mordo would you know tell everybody what happened because they gotta know. And if they considered six, if the Illuminati considered six one six even a threat before he even did anything in their universe, besides just hit, arrive by accident, mind you, of course that that is a good enough sign that of course Wanda is going to have all eyes on her now. I mean, I honestly would really like to see a continuation of the after effects of this. Imagine we all could come. Imagine uh, who all we could see come in. You know, Mordo being the surviving member, the seriously, the only one who survived just because he was containing Steven at the time. You know, that's the only reason why he survived, because he was not involved in the fight with Wanda. But I do kind of wonder, like, would he have been able to help at all? Probably not, but who knows? Who knows what all Mordo can do? But I don't know. Because the fight we saw with him and Steven, it was different because they had the inhibitor bands on them so they couldn't use their magic so very interesting to think of but hey if steven 
had to do everything he could do and still couldn't do it by himself, odds are Mardo wouldn't have handled, uh, wouldn't have fared much differently. So, but yeah, seeing this continuation would be very fun. I mean, I, I, I'm sure Mordo would want to bring in new members to keep the Illuminati alive so they can, well, you know, keep Earth safe. That's their job. And the Illuminati's purpose is to handle more of the secretive stuff to keep the world from going into panic because of certain things the community, the, the, the society just can't handle knowing. Um... And just cover up certain things. I mean, that's the, that's the reason why they have this secretive organization outside of the Avengers, um, the X-Men, Defenders, etc., etc. So it's kind of like S.H.I.E.L.D., so to speak. Like S.H.I.E.L.D.'s supposed to be like kind of a secretive organization, sort of, kind of, not really. Because, I mean, they do have their logos stamped on everything. So how secretive can you be when you're like that? But that's what they were supposed to be originally. Um, I don't know. I mean, nowadays they're not clearly, but um, anyway, I feel like this is a big wake up call. And no doubt someone from the inhuman, someone from the inhumans or even the X-Men are going to come at Wanda for revenge. There's no doubt about that. I have literally no doubt once they find out Mordo would have to spread the word. I mean, I can't emphasize this more. He would have to spread the word on what happened. All these teams, all these teams that these members are associated with. Like I said, Xavier is with the X-Men. He is one of the big cheeses at the X-Men. We have Reed, who is the head of the Fantastic Four. Um, Captain Marvel, which is, you know, the Avengers. If the Avengers are still a thing. Who knows what teams are still, like, um, around. But clearly, there has to be other members besides the Illuminati who are doing things. So it is interesting though, to see that the Illuminati themselves took down Thanos. I kind of wonder like, were, were, were the other teams kind of like just holding down other bases? Kind of like it was in infinity war where we had like a space team, we had a ground team and so forth. It, it'd be kind of interesting because, uh, you know, they were just guarding the other infinity stones. Cause if we look at Thanos, he didn't have all the stones. I think he only had like three stones. So, and I'm pretty sure Mardo has the time stone. I could be wrong, but clearly they must have the stones somewhere within their possession. I mean, it's like the Incursions comic. The Illuminati spread the Infinity Stones amongst themselves, and they even used the Infinity Gauntlet at one time to stop a planet from colliding, or a multiverse from colliding with them. Yeah, so. It, it's interesting. Another thought to think of. Um, So, yeah, these... These teams, these people would not want to be left in the dark. I wouldn't mind getting this story continuation in a in a comic form, um, like a, just a mini series. You don't, we don't need like a whole big thing. I, I just want to see some more story with these characters. I mean, seriously, shut up and take my money. I would, I would really, if there was a Kickstarter, I would, I would, I would donate some money for sure. I, I want this to happen. I would spread the word. Like, I will help you <laughs> get this done. Not that Marvel needs the money, but um, I mean, let's not void the idea, too, that Mordo or someone else would probably try to use the Time Stone to bring them back. A lot of people or excuse me, enough people would know of the Infinity Stones to do this. And I can't lie. I would love to see an 838 Disney Plus series. I mean, most are about six episodes. Um, 
She-Hulk, I believe, is going to be 10. Uh, Miss Marvel is about to be 6, I believe. Um, and shoot, even TV shows outside of Marvel are usually like that. Like, uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is going to be 6. But um, anyway... You know, it's kind of the average. So, I mean, even if we just do six episodes, I think that's perfect. We probably don't even have to, we probably don't even need that many. But just having Disney Plus, a Disney Plus original, Marvel's 838 being the title. I mean, come on. It's not needed, not at all. But, you know, as little as we get from that universe, as little as we got from that universe, I'm invested enough to want to see more. It's just, it's, it's, it's fun. The multiverse is very fun. And what if? What if is so slept on. It really is. Like most people I talk to really love that movie, but every so often I see people who are like, Ugh, "What if was so mid?" It gets, it's at the point now where I hate the word mid. <laughs> like people use it for anything. Like if it if it was like a if it if it's anything other than an A, if it's even like an A minus, they're like, "Oh yeah, it was mid." Like shut up. <laughs> All right, so anyway, that's some fun stuff I had with um, what I got from watching uh, uh, whatchamacallit's uh, new Rockstar stuff. There's a whole bunch of other things they're doing right now with the series. They're really doing their business, so definitely check them out. Uh, New Rockstars on YouTube, New Rockstars on Spotify. Definitely, they deserve the shout-out. They do so much good content, especially with their breakdown videos and just discussion stuff in general. But anyway... Let's head over to GameRant.com. So this is, uh, and also a link to this article will also be in the show notes below if you want to check it out for yourself and other articles from this website. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness Easter Eggs. That's the title of this article. It's uh, It was written by Amanda Bruce, published about three days ago. So very fresh, very fresh out the oven. Um, so let me see here. So, of course, this is the following contains spoilers for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, clearly. Um, the first up is the Book of Vishanti. So, I don't know much about this book other than what was established in the movie. But it is essentially, as the article says, it's a magical book hidden in different realities by the Stephen Strange that resides in them. The book has its roots in Marvel Comics as one, as one only used to defend a magic user. The book is supposed or excuse me, the book is supposed to have ever-expanding pages. Hence, America saying it can be used for whatever the sorcerer needs and is only supposed to feature good magic. So, essentially, the uh, the complete opposite of the Darkhold, which is just, of course, dark magic. Um, it's kind of fun because I think this is almost a kind of a reference to old-school Doctor Strange before they kind of nerfed him and made him... Um, less of a MacGuffin. So Doctor Strange back then, in the early days, there was always a spell that he could find to just solve whatever happened. It was essentially like the old school Superman where he always got a new power that would save face for whatever he was going up against. Basically how Dragon Ball usually is when it comes to Goku and Vegeta. All they need is to scream a little harder, get beat up a little bit more, then come back with a new superpower, a new form, a new color of hair, rather. <laughs> so there you go. Um, so it's actually kind of cool. So let me see. What else do they have here? 
So the trio are magical godlike beings who appear to be the root of magic in the main universe in Marvel Comics. They are the ones who give the first magical practitioners their gifts. The first Doctor Strange variant the audience meets going after the book is also an Easter egg. He is dubbed Defender Strange because his costume and ponytail are a nod to his role in the Defenders team in the comics that included Hulk and Namor. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I talked about that in a theory video I had before Doctor Strange came out or not video, um, podcast episode, where I talked about how the Defenders team had pretty much everybody on that team at one point. So it's very fun to see that little nod there. But yeah, the Book of Ashanti is very, very prominent. And it got destroyed. It it got destroyed. I I was kind of surprised about that. Maybe there will be a way to... um, bring it back in the future or maybe there's a copy of it like the dark hold has a copy we'll see in the future i guess so clearly in the phase that we are now phase four of the mcu marvel at this point is fairly confident in what they are wanting to bring to the big screen or the little screen the streaming screens rather so now we're in the biggest scope of the mcu that we've ever been and it just keeps expanding um so it's great to see that we really have no idea what could be coming next because there's such a huge uh, sandbox in the comics that they can reach in and take from the source material and go from there. So that's what's so fun about this. You know, we we can start to see more of these bigger figures um, that are in the cosmos or ones that are just in other dimensions, like we saw with... um, Dormammu, who is clearly going to be returning in future installments because, well, Clea is from that world and she's related to Dormammu. Um, I forget how. She's like half-daughter or something like that. I don't remember. Uh, We just talked about it the other day, me and Brandon, but I already forgot. But Clea, yeah, she's related. She's potentially going to be marriage. It's even strange, which is going to be fun. I I like it when the heroes are... um, I like it when there's a couple in these like movies who have powers, like they both have powers, the superhero movies. I mean, it's it's a little bit more fun and there's less tropes you can avoid than just the typical, oh, one has, one has powers, one is normal. So it's, it's more fun, I feel. But anyway, going back to the article, the next one is Michael Waldron uh, cameo. So Michael Waldron is the writer behind Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And uh, the Loki series on Disney Plus, this guy clearly knows what he's doing. Um, Loki is one of my top three favorite uh, TV Disney TV uh, Disney Plus shows with Marvel. Um, he also makes his acting debut in the Doctor Strange sequel. Wadron appears as the best man to Christine uh, Christine's new husband Charlie at the start of the movie. Oh, that's cool. I don't remember him at all. <laughs> it was kind of cool too, seeing the diversity. How uh, Christine was with this, um, oh, with a black guy. I don't, I don't know who that was. I guess was, I don't know if it was another doctor or what. But yeah, it's cool just seeing different stuff happen like that. So nice. All right. So Gargantos. Um, I remember before I thought this was the other guy. Um can't remember his name, but the one who 
is much, 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 much more powerful than Gargantos is. One who would essentially be like a Thanos level threat with the Infinity Gauntlet, I mean. I forgot his name, but oh yeah, Shuma Gorath, that's what it was. So this Gargantos is typically a Namor villain, or an antagonist rather, and that yeah, that's why I thought that because of that, that may have been like, oh, okay, that must mean Namor must appear in the Illuminati in this film. Not quite. Maybe we'll get him in Black Panther 2. Who knows? I mean, he's bound to appear sometime. Um, so Gargantos was another Easter egg. Uh, the one-eyed, many-tentacled monster that pursues America Chavez into the main universe. Wait, they say it's Shuma Goreth in the comics, but had to be renamed due to copyright reasons for the movie. Wait, what? They're different... Wait, no, that's not right. Shuma Goreth is a completely different uh, being. Yeah, that's weird because, yeah, that can't be Gargant. I mean, that can't be Shuma Gorath. Otherwise, they nerfed him more than the Hulk. <laughs> and I say that, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way because I'm cool with how they handled the Hulk in the MCU. But that, yeah, if they did that, if they if that's supposed to be Shuma Gorath, that is horrible because Shuma Gorath is literally a cosmic terror level threat. And while Gargantus, while this being was definitely a threat in the movie, nah, there's no way. It, it would have taken more than Doctor Strange and uh, Wong to take them down in their current, uh, like, states. But I don't know. You never know. I, 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 don't, I think I, I definitely disagree with this. I mean, maybe they were going to try to shoo in Shumagrath and they weren't sure, like, how to handle it because of, like, the massive scale of power. Um. I don't know. I don't buy the. I don't buy that one. All right. So moving on, Stephen Strange's watch. This is, this was nice. It was a nice little foreshadowing too. Before we go into it, it was kind of his way. Like when he fixes it at the end, it's kind of his way of realizing, you know, just, just accepting where he is in life, realizing that he can be happy without Christine and can you know live his life where he is, where he feels he needs to be. As this, as the, I almost said Sorcerer Supreme, but that's wrong. Um, yeah, but realizing he, he can, he can be happy. He definitely can. So let's see what they say here before I, you know, end up saying it before they do, which wouldn't be good. All right. Steven's watch, despite its broken glass face, has been closed by him in every movie appearance. Fans already knew it was a gift from Christine Palmer, but they might not have noticed one interesting detail about it. The cracks in the glass are almost exactly the same as the pattern of lines that make up the metal work for the eye of the Agamotto that Stephen wears, and the metal work for the large window of the Sanctum Santorum, Santorum on Bleecker Street. Huh. Ah. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at it now, and... Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. It doesn't quite. I mean, I, I kind of see it. I don't know. Uh, you guys feel free to look it up and see for yourself. I, I kind of see it, but it's not like dead spot on. I honestly thought the crack was just supposed to represent just, you know, Stephen and his journey. And then by the end of two, fixing it, you know, but I don't know. That might have been another Easter egg. Uh, Master Hamir and Rentra. So Master Hamir is the sorcerer who protects America while the rest of the sorcerers are busy fighting Wanda. He also appears to be one of the first sorcerers Stephen Strange meets or met in the 2016 movie. He mistook uh, Master Hamir for the Ancient One. Right. And he was also the one who was able to do 
um, a lot of these um, spells without having both hands. I remember I, I watched Doctor Strange one, I think a night or two before watching the sequel. I remember that he actually is missing a hand and he was able to, you know, do his thing still. I mean, he's a master, right? So I thought that was really fun because it was proof to Strange that even with his hand situation going on, he could still overcome that and be able to do way more than what he believes he can do in that current state. Um, you know, his hands weren't holding his holding him back as long as he didn't allow them to. Uh, so Rintra, we talked about him too. Uh, he is the Minotaur-like being seen fighting along the sorcerers. While he doesn't get much screen time in this movie, which I really thought was um, a bummer, he is an interesting figure in the comics. He's actually from another planet, but has an innate ability for magic. He becomes Steven's apprentice for a time, and eventually a teacher. Hmm. Yeah, if I remember correctly in the comics, he isn't in the comics much, but I do remember he almost did die, but Steven uh, like, kind of helped if I remember correctly, he was supposed to like give him a cure or something, and then he ended up having to keep him in like a pocket dimension so he could not die, and then that was the last we saw of him, but that was a Wikipedia entry, <laughs> so I can't really rely completely on that, but then again, this is an article that was written by someone who seems very in, in intellectual with their statements here. I don't want to put shade on anybody but there is definitely a miscommunication somewhere here with uh, or excuse me there's a, there's misinformation here somewhere but maybe it's probably just me let's be honest anyway <laughs> but that's cool i am glad we saw rintro here hopefully we see him more i mean i would love to see him actually become stephen strange's um apprentice in the future but hey if we had to choose between him and america um, shoot actually let's, let's do both let's make let's make doctor three like a four well five if you count wong so like for doctor strange three i want clea i want rintra america and wong and strange of course let's let's get these all together make them like the mains for whatever they're going to be up against because they're clearly trying to handle some type of incursion um well, clearly, two ends with them, with him and Clea going off to fix an incursion that well, that was started. So, yeah, and people are like, "Oh man, it seems so disconjointed that what what uh, Phase Four is doing." So, one thing I wanted to mention too was like, okay, so the other phases were leading to Infinity War. That that was the main thing. Phase four is leading towards so much more. It's leading towards a lot more than just one thing. It's leading to armor wars, secret invasion. Obviously, it's leading to secret wars as too, uh, too, because look how much we're talking about incursions now. The incursions lead up to secret wars, which is an insanely crazy thing, which honestly, it would be perfect to bring in Kang like the maybe even the final confrontation of Kang because clearly the Secret Wars isn't happening for a couple years. Plenty of time to establish everything that they're working on right now with the TV shows that are coming out, the future movies like Thor, Guardians 3, Ant-Man, Quantumania, etc., etc. So, yeah, I, I, it's just weird that people are like complaining how like quote unquote mid phase four seems it's like okay clearly y'all are watching different phases you're 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 watching like disney minus 
instead of plus like you you tried to get a cheaper subscription <laughs> from like a, a random website called like well, Disney minus and you, you thought you were getting the same content when clearly you were not <laughs> anyway um, Bruce Campbell is the next one I was super excited to see Bruce Campbell made a cameo in this movie in uh, another in, in another dimension and of course in well actually let me read what they say here because I'm probably going to say what they were um, what they wrote. So actor Bruce Campbell and director Sam Raimi have been friends since they met in high school and have completed a ton of projects together. Most notably, the Evil Dead movies, which stemmed from a short film they worked on together. That is so cool, man. I wish I had something like that. that that's really awesome that they knew each other since high school and they've just worked together on all these fairly successful projects. Like, the Evil Dead series is still something that's prominent well, maybe not prominent, but it's 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 on the rise again. They they're making a game. There was a reboot a couple years back, if I remember correctly. And of course, Sam Raimi had Bruce Campbell in all the Spider-Man movies he made. He made a cameo in this movie. Like, yeah, that's that's awesome. Like, this is years and years and years and years later, and they're still working together. Awesome. So Campbell has appeared in a role in nearly every Ramai project since. I would do the same thing, whichever like side of this I would be. I would I would clearly do the same thing. So in the multiverse of madness, Campbell has a cameo as a vendor in one of the universes America and Stephen visit when he becomes <laughs> when he becomes aggressive with America after she doesn't pay for her food. Doctor Strange places a spell on him that makes him aggressive with himself instead. Campbell even gets a post credit scene spot to give the audience a meta joke. As the spell ends, he looks right into the camera and tells the audience, it's over, before the screen, before the screen fades to black. Yeah, I, it got a laugh out of me. It was funny. I was a little mad, though, because it, <laughs> it was one of those after credit scenes where it's just a joke. It's all for fun. It's like the Ant-Man in credit scene where they got the ant playing the drums. Um, the homecoming one where they got Captain America coming in like, hey, so expectations, you know, like just... Like, bit, I forget what he said, but just breaking it down. Like, so you were expecting something awesome and you got me instead. <laughs> like, come on, bro. But it, it's funny to throw that stuff in from time to time. And we got the Clea uh, post credit scene. So that was clearly good enough, honestly. Like, one cre in credit scene is good enough. So adding in the second one was a nice little treat. And plus, it is nice seeing that he's no longer hurting himself because, dude, a couple weeks of hitting yourself just like a few minutes would be bad enough but dude you see how badly he was wangling on himself as they were walking away like bruh by the way i want pizza balls america when she showed me those or me those yeah i was in the movie guys here right um when she showed steven those pizza balls i really was like dude i want those now the the Whole 838 universe seems really cool. Even the red light, green light switcheroo, it just seems really cool. There is a theory that that's more of a dystopia than anything. But, I mean, who knows? Who knows what all Thanos or what other people have brought on that universe before then. But I haven't watched that video yet. Of course, it's another new Rockstars thing. But, yeah, I mean... I to this day I'm still kind of bummed we never got Bruce Campbell as Mysterio because that was what was going to be happening. Um 
you know, honestly, if three wasn't so messed up like it was because of the the suits kind of messing up Ram, uh, Rami's vi- vision, I, I think he wanted to have him in, uh, if I remember correctly, he wanted to focus mainly on Sandman and I think just the Goblin and not put Venom in there. I think they wanted to have, I think if I remember correctly, the big heads wanted to have Venom in there and that's what kind of messed up the whole um what could have been a much, much better movie. But, yeah, because I think Goblin, the new Goblin, rather, and Sandman on on, the, on, on its own would have been great. And then establishing, establishing Mysterio in the fourth movie would have been pretty good, especially seeing Campbell in all these random roles because it makes sense. He's tracking Spider-Man. He's just watching him. He's getting to know who his people are are like who is who is he associated with what can he use against spider-man when he inevitably fights him now fun fact we got mysterio in spider-man 2 the video game it was a completely different character it wasn't bruce campbell's character um and honestly mysterio's arc in spider-man 2 was one of my favorite arcs of that game i really really wish they would remake that game. Just like, just modernize the graphics, touch up the voice acting, because I'm sorry, Toby, you're awesome, but you sounded like you were half asleep when you were giving those lines in the movie. You weren't the only one. I feel like Bruce Campbell and, um, shoot, I forgot his name, Otto Octavius, they were like the top people in that movie. In the in the uh, game, I mean. But, I mean, I'm not going to... I'm not. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it wasn't uh, terrible or anything. I'm just saying it could have used some some work. But I get it. Voice acting and acting in general are different. I I totally understand that. And voice acting is not easy. I totally get that. But you know, it's just funny. But I mean, hey, he 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 still reprised his role in the game. Big props props to doing that. Not everyone does that, and it made the game even more special because they had most if not all the original actors in that so i commend them for doing that the game is still regardless top tier anyway um for me still top five spider-man games ever but oh yeah um so i wonder how they would have handled that if we got a spider-man 4 would they still do the mysterio like they would have had to because that would have been the bulk of the movie plot i'm sure that would have been very interesting how they would have handled that anyway uh, next up is Earth's Mightiest Hero. Um, when American Stevens search for the Doctor Strange of the universe they first land in together, they instead find a, mom- a monument, yeah, a monument to him, labeling him as Earth My- Earth's Mightiest Hero, a phrase often used to describe the Avengers. Of course, before they got to that universe, they also passed through a dozen more universes. That was a great scene. It's hard to tell if all of them are meant to be analogs to worlds in the comics. But one has dinosaurs like Marvel's Savage Land, hopefully we see that soon, and other appears and another appears to, to feature the comic book characters of the Living Tribunal. So the Living Tribunal um, has been referenced in the original movie. I, I talked about that in the previous episode. Um, Mardo has the staff of the Living Tribunal. Um, of course, we saw the statues in this movie. I want to say there was another reference we, were, we had before. Um, the Living Tribunal was supposed to, <clears throat> excuse me, he was supposed to appear in Infinity War as a kind of a judge for Thanos, 
Really bummed we didn't get that scene. Um, like, yeah, Infinity War had a pretty good runtime, but I feel like they could have did that. Even if it was like a bonus featurette. Like, hey, we couldn't fit this in the theatrical version. Here's the extended version, you know, which movies do, 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 comma, mm, I'm trying not to say do, do. <laughs> this is what they try to do whenever um, theatrical releases are a little bit too long. So, but you can get away with it sometimes, but Infinity War did have a long run time in a good way, of course. Uh, let me, how much longer is this list? Okay, so I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Okay, there's a lot more than what I thought there was. Okay, so <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna get through all these. <laughs> we'll see. This is a lot. This is a lot longer than I thought it was. Um, but like I said, the the link will be in the description in the show notes. So feel free to check this out um, when you get the chance as well. So let me go back to where I was. So Wanda Gore. Um, this is actually where Wanda and Pietro were born in the comics. Um, apparently, Chithon, Chithon gives her magic upon her birth. Well, the Gods of Chaos is also referenced as having created the Darkhold in the MCU. No more of him is revealed. So, we know that they were born to parents. Just ra- some random parents in a war-torn country. Um... Wondagore is pretty wild, pretty dark place as we saw in the movie. And I don't know. I mean, maybe they'll elaborate more on this in the future. Maybe there is a multiverse where this is a thing. But yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh, Wondagore has a deeper connection in the comics. Uh, the universe designations. When Stephen Strange meets the Christine Palmer of another universe, she references Stephen 838. That number provides the designation for the universes she's from. There isn't a comic book universe with that designation, but there is one designated Earth-616, the one she assigns the Stephen Strange the audience knows from the main timeline of the MCU. 616 is the designation given to the main timeline of the comics as well. The numeric uh, sequence has been referenced in the MCU before. Even in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the main team is designated as S.H.I.E.L.D. 616 in their original uh, mobile unit before the time before their timeline diverges. Interesting. That's actually kind of cool. I haven't really watched it. I've watched a couple episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I didn't know that was uh, a thing. That's actually very fun. So there's uh, three references now to the whole 616 thing. So real quick, I wanted to go to Marvel Comics, the multiverse on Wikipedia. So Iron Man, back in 2008, you know, the, the first movie to really launch the MCU, uh, successfully originally before we were ex- before we were officially assigned uh 616 for the MCU before that it was a it was a joke by Kevin Feige um originally in the comics the multiverse was actually called Earth 199999 um uh, Kevin Feige was basically joking about like yeah that's how many movies we plan on making <laughs> So it's actually pretty cool. But when you look at that, um, you, you look at these other um, you look at these other alternate universes. So 
X-Men. So the Fox first. That's Earth, um, let me see, 10,005. Let me see, Night of the Sentinels. So that's X-Men the Animated Series. Uh, that's Earth 92131. Also, I'm very excited to restart watching X-Men the Animated Series since the, the continuation of it is coming out soon because I don't remember much at all from that cartoon. Uh, let's see. So another example is Wolverine and the X-Men. That was a fun show. Um, main setting of Wolverine and the X-Men, Avengers Mightiest Heroes, Hulk Versus, and Thor Tales of Asgard. Uh, this is Earth 8096. So it's actually pretty fun that they have all these uh, actual designations for which Earths uh, these take place in. Um, but yeah, if you want to check that out, definitely look at Multiverse Marvel Comics and just scroll down the list of Wikipedia and it'll show you like all the different multiverses. Like um, um, I'm looking at them and a lot of these I'm recognizing, whether they're Marvel cartoons, movies, whatever. Um, Hit Monkey and the Modoc TV on Hulu that's uh, Earth 1226. I haven't watched those shows yet, but they look fun. But anyway, that was a fun little thing I wanted to address real quick. All right. So the Baxter Foundation. As we found out in um, in Universe 838, we found out that it's not Avengers Tower uh, or anything like that. When we saw that Stephen Strange was actually like questioning, okay, who does Christine Palmer and these people work for? It's the Baxter Building, the Illuminati, or at least... Maybe a Baxter building. It may not be the exact or the original Baxter building. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But the Baxter building is big. So I'd associate, I'd, I'd, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if it was all contained in one building. Um, so yeah, Christine Palmer and the Illuminati of A38 are funded by the Baxter Foundation, which is very fun. So it, it's, it's, it's interesting too because founded by them and not Iron Man who typically funded everything with the Avengers basically – um, and 616, but of course we couldn't have that because at the time Fox still owned the rights to the Fantastic Four and X-Men. We just recently in the, fa in the last like few years just got those rights back. So yeah, it's understandable why something like this couldn't happen just yet, but it's very nice. Uh, the Baxter Building is the original living and working space of the Fantastic Four of the comics. It provides the office space for numerous scientists over the years in Marvel Comics, and fans have long speculated that Avengers Tower would eventually become the Baxter Building in the MCU, though that hasn't happened yet. So that is something I thought about, too. So now that the Avengers are unfortunately, for the moment, retired, most of the OG members are gone, um... You know, Thor is off-world. Hulk is not sure what's going on with Hulk right now besides soon we're going to get She-Hulk. You know, Hulk is he's looking to be depowered since how we saw him in Shang-Chi. And Tony sold. I mean, well, not on not him, but maybe in his will. But, you know, since his passing, a number of the technologies and things he's owned have gone to the market. So it's highly possible that I think it'd be really cool. I think it'd be very, very cool if the old Avengers Tower would be going to the Fantastic Four. That could be how, shoot, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what we see in the Fantastic Four movie. Or maybe it, that's how it ends, where they buy the building. Like, hey, we need a new place to set up shop. Um, 
And it'd just be cool just to have a nice little reference, a nice little passing of the torch. You know, this is the new start of a of a another era. And plus, we still have the other Avengers facility um, that that well actually got got destroyed during Endgame, but I'm sure it's going to be rebuilt at some point. Um, so next up, we have the Illuminati. It's hard to label the members of the Illuminati as Easter eggs since they all are characters in the, uh, that the majority of the audience will recognize from other timelines. Baron Mordo's similarities to his main MCU counterpart are even remarked upon by Steven. There are Easter eggs associated with each of these versions of familiar, familiar characters, though. Excuse me. Uh, Captain Carter is akin to Peggy Carter presented in Marvel's What If series on Disney+, Plus, but this is her first live-action appearance with Haley Atwell reprising her role. That's pretty cool how she looks the role and, well, yeah, looks the role both live-action and, and is able to have it on the uh, cartoon version too. Kind of funny though how she literally said, I could do this all day, just like... um just like he did, just like um, Steve Rogers did, and then immediately after she dies. You cannot tell me that was not done on purpose to be funny. Or ironic, rather. Ironically funny. So, yeah. It was good. It was a nice callback to hear, and odds are she heard that from her version of Steve because, you know, that was always Steve's catchphrase even before he got the serum. Um, so the Captain Marvel here is Maria Rambo. Originally, I thought it was a variant of Monica, but I forgot Maria was a um, character. So I know a couple people were actually um, bummed out about Maria or even Monica Rambo, rather, not being the first uh, Captain Marvel instead of it being uh, instead it was Carol Danvers. Uh, Maria Ma- Rambo, if I remember correctly, she was the f- she, in the comics she was the original first Captain Marvel um, of Earth, rather. And I mean, it's for me, it's not really a big deal. We we finally got both, and not too long after Carol Danvers has appeared, and they both they're all unique in their own way. They all stand out, so that's good. They all, even though Maria Rambo's. Uh, run was uh, pretty short-lived. Um, we still have Monica Rambo. You know, she's going to be rocking it um, as we see her more. And, yeah, just sometimes you just got to roll with uh, what they do, and Marvel knows what they're doing. Sometimes they don't make the best choices, but they make some pretty good ones for the most part. All right, so we did talk about Black Bolt um, earlier. It's the same actor who played... Um, him in the short-lived Inhuman show. And they actually say here he's the king of the Inhumans. Now, I don't know much about the Inhumans. I know th- I know that Black Bolt was like the head cheese. I didn't know he was like labeled as the king. Um, may- I thought he was, you know, more so the leader, but I guess same difference. So, yeah. I mean, once... The other people, once the other humans know, like I said before, once they find out he was killed, yeah, A38 is in very much not good standing right now. And I I can't stress this enough. I really feel bad for Wanda right now. Not to mention the toll on her body. She was not looking in, in a good shape. And it's kind of interesting. I can't wait to see the movie again, probably when it hits Disney Plus, because I'm curious. I did not hear... What Wanda A38 said 
to Scarlet Witch before she like gained control of her, you know, gained, regained her senses rather and realized I shouldn't, you know, I got to stop killing and just destroy this mountain uh, and destroy the dark hold and whatnot. I don't, I didn't know what she said for some reason. I, I know she said something to Scarlet Witch, but I, I, I couldn't hear it at all. So I'm looking forward to hearing what she said. I might just look it up. I'm sure someone on Google has it. But yeah, I'm curious. I don't know if it was anything like very monumental or it was just like something like I pity you. I don't know. But I really want to know. I really do. And I really hope they bring the Inhumans back at some point because I I liked the Inhumans. Um, I remember seeing them in Agents of Smash. That was it was very fun. And I just love Black Bolt's powers, although his powers scare the mess at me. I would hate to have Black Bolt's power, not able to talk at all without destroying something. And then I'm fearful of the idea of what if someone tapes my mouth closed and I have to sneeze or something? My head, my head's gone. Like, I'm just dead. Like, literally what happened to him in, in, in this movie? I know I'm good. Much respect for him, though, able to live his life with that power. Like, and he, for the most part, has no fear until he had no mouth. And then he, unfortunately, um, due to a reflex, screamed and then blew his head up. But anyway, um, so we got Professor X. Uh, let me see here. What else do they have interesting here? So we didn't get the, the mutants didn't get, a, didn't get a mention as they sit here, which is understandable. There wasn't really a need, um, it would have been kind of cool if he did mention the Phoenix, like Jean Grey and the Phoenix in general, because it's, I'm sure he would, depending on how much he, he may have dealt with the Phoenix at this point, if at all, it would have been kind of interesting seeing a similarity with seeing Wanda deal with this, like, alternate persona. I mean, not it's not quite the same because it's just a different variant of Wanda. As opposed to the Phoenix Force being a sentient cosmic force of uh, power and destruction, so it's not quite the same, but yeah, it's so yeah, it's something. Um, but yeah, I love the fact that they modeled this Xavier just like he was from the animated series, and I think it's more than just that. I feel like it's just uh, I don't know. It might just be because hey, we know people love this version of X Xavier. And the 90s cartoon is coming back. It might just because of that, just to build up more hype. Or there might be more connection than we don't than we uh, realize. You never know. Alright, so of course, uh, they're finishing off Reed Richards. Uh, the popular, they said. And it's highlighted. The popular fan casting choice, John Krasinski. There's been a few other choices people have had over the years. But the biggest, the biggest fan choice is John Krasinski. And I'm so happy about that. Um, I really, I can't stress this enough. Don't, don't, don't bring anyone else in. Bring this dude back. All right. So, charting in the 60s is the next. This one's for the Fantastic Four. Uh, when Reed introduces himself as a member of the Fantastic Four, Steven doesn't recognize his name, but he does make a comment on the team name. He jokes that they charted in the 60s. 
While that's definitely a nod to the naming conventions of music groups in that decade, it's also a nod to Marvel's first family origin. They made their comic book debut in August of 1961 with the first issue of Fantastic Four. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting thought that it was just probably just a music joke. Um, I remember Brandon did have a thought along the lines of, could it be possible that the Fantastic Four were around like in the 60s, but went on an expedition like maybe they discovered the quantum realm, like maybe they were the very first uh, before even Ant-Man and the Wasp did like the OG Hank Pym and um, Faith. No. What is her name? It's not Faith. Well, Hank Pym's wife. Um, it would have been interesting if maybe they were the first to discover the quantum realm and they got stuck in there in the 60s and then they, you know, find a way to get out years later. And of course, like Ant-Man, um, you know, five years for us, five minutes for him, maybe they he, maybe they age like, what, a year or something instead while it's like 40 um, outside of that, I don't know what the math would actually be. I'm curious though, like what would, how many years would they age in that realm? Um, it was a, it was an interesting theory. Um, I'm, I'm, I am fairly curious how they're going to introduce the Fantastic Four into the 616 universe because the Fantastic Four, I can see them, you know, having their origin, getting their powers recently. Whereas with the X-Men, it's like, okay. Where, 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 where have these guys been? Like, how are you going to... I'm really interested. I mean, I know most theories are theorizing that they'll probably come from the multiverse. Like, it's possible that... Kind of like how the comics were, were... Like with how Miles Morales came from the Ultimate Universe. It may be where a, a, an incursion happens and the surviving members just come over to our world. So I think that's highly possible. Probably the most likely scenario that's going to happen. Uh, next up, we have Ultron Sentries. That was another thought we had. And it was great. It was great to see Ultron actually had a kind of, uh, yeah, I guess cameo in this. But more so the uh, Sentries. So this shows that Ultron, um, that programming actually worked. He didn't go um, rogue. And because of that, that actually showcases that we never got Ultron. So, and because of that, or excuse me, we never got the bad Ultron. We never got the rogue Ultron. So what does that lead to? Uh, getting rogue Ultron leads to Vision. So because we never got Vision, it's it stands to show that Wanda most likely just married some, well, regular guy. Maybe she married another being um, who has powers too. And that's how she has those, uh, the kids, which was interesting. Um, it makes me wonder, like, what else is different about this world? What what else is very different about this universe? Um, let me see here. So there's some Disney references. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a TV show that showed Oswald in the kids' room in 838. Okay. And then, of course, there was WandaVision on the television in Wanda's brain when, when, um, Xavier was trying to save uh, Wanda. I, I noticed that, too. That was actually pretty fun. All right. So. I think I'll leave it there. I think I'll leave it there. So there's some other fun things that are on on this website. Um, I'm going to leave the rest 
for the website. If you want to read them, feel free to check it out. Um, those were the best ones I feel from this from this uh, article. Uh, let me see. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So finishing off here with the mid credit scene, it says Clea is actually the niece of Doctor Strange villain Dormammu and the daughter of the former ruler of the Dark Dimension. Though she typically needs to return to the dark dimension, dark dimension frequently to maintain her powers, she also gets banished by others to different dimensions frequently. She's Doctor Strange's longest-running love interest, and she even becomes Strange. Mm, she also becomes Sorcerer Supreme herself at one point. Cool. So this shows that she definitely has some uh, a lot of interesting things to come in the, in the future. She she it'd be really weird not to have her heavily involved in the sequel and maybe even other installments from then. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I, I remember, I think I said that was that she was the daughter at first or related in general, but being the niece is interesting. Like, but I know that she has a human form and then there's more of a, like an energy form or dark form that looks more so like Dormammu, which is interesting. But yeah, so that was a pretty fun read. I think this was a very good article, a lot of fun stuff to talk about. And some of these things, I don't even think new rock stars brought out. But I mean, regardless, they did a lot. They did like a whole hour breakdown or 45 minute roughly breakdown of that movie. So they they did fairly, fairly well. But really enjoyed this. Um I think this pretty much concludes everything I wanted to say for the most part about the movie. Um, there's other stuff I want to break down on TikTok, but I think this will be it for the podcast side of things. Just getting kind of the bulk of it all out of the way. And as I think of random stuff, I'll just upload it on TikTok. So uh, be sure to check that out because um, I definitely have more I want to talk about on there. Um, but it'll probably just be not uh, a mixture of kind of rehashes on here, but that's pretty much it. So until next time, my friends, when the wind hits ourselves yet again, be a okay because there's more to seek. So go forth and seek it. I'll see you in the nexus. Yeah, I messed up the outro. That sucks. All right, whatever. I'll see you in our next escape. <laughs>